welcome to Ringside Chaos, the professional wrestling discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. The only professional wrestling podcast in the world where pro wrestling is discussed passionately, with confidence, with great knowledge, and most of all, in the most sophisticated way. So brace yourselves, ladies and gentlemen, because chaos is about to be unleashed. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Ringside Chaos, the professional wrestling discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast and Paint Train Pipe Bomb Productions. My name is Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas, and ladies and gentlemen, today's episode was just something that I just randomly thought of. The idea for this particular episode was just something that I was thinking that happened a couple of years ago. Because, ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, I thought, hey, you know what? The story never really went the way we kind of envisioned it to go, at least not for me. But I want to spend some time talking about it. So, ladies and gentlemen, since I know that y'all have seen the title of this episode, I actually want to talk about the time where Eric Rowan had a pet spider. But, you know, the funny part for me is I suffer from arachnophobia. Now, for those of you that don't know, arachnophobia is the fear of spiders. But what's interesting of the situation is that me, somebody that has a huge fear of spiders, actually thinks that the whole thing with Eric Rowan and that pet spider was actually something that was pretty exciting. Now, before I go too, uh, go too deep into it, I do want to kind of take a look at a little bit over of you know Eric Rowan's you know tenure in WWE. Because I always felt that, you know, much like, you know, the late, great Brody Lee, who was known as Luke Harper in WWE, I always felt that Eric Rowan was also badly and criminally underrated. Or I should say is, you know. But, you know, the Wyatt family was something huge, you know, and then, you know, he briefly broke away from the uh, Wyatt family in 2014 and he had that uh, that feud with the, with the authority. I'll never forget on September 29th of 2014 when there, there was that vignette where Bray Wyatt set both uh, Eric Rowan and Luke Harper free. Although it was in separate ones, they had one particular one where he set Rowan free, and the other one, Luke Harper free. I thought that was pretty interesting. But he did return to the Wyatt family in 2015 when, they when I guess, Creative just decided to revive it. Then, you know, I, I believe in June 2015, he suffered, that, he suffered that torn bicep, you know. That's one of the most unfortunate parts of Eric Rowan, really, is, you know, the injuries that he'd suffered. You know, he suffered that torn bicep in June 2015. And then I believe, uh, I think in, in 2016, in October of 2016, he suffered a torn rotator cuff. And then he was out for eight months. And then, um, and I believe also in, 20, in 2018, he also had that injury as well. Uh, yeah, because he, he had suffered, uh, I think, a torn bice, right bicep as well. So, but, but, you know, everything, you know, from the Wyatt family... The Bludgeon Brothers and and that and that brief alliance with Daniel Bryan, you know, I always really hoped that we would see something great come out of anything because I feel like Eric Rowan, like much like Luke Harper, Eric Rowan was appreciated by the fans. I mean, he was definitely appreciated by me. I mean, first with the Wyatt family, you know, the mask, the sheep mask, and everything. And and to be honest, I, I got to tell you, Eric Rowan, much like Luke Harper, you know, or Brody, you know, Brody Lee, as we all would like to remember him by. You know, so badly underrated, but such an amazing professional wrestler. I mean, it does not surprise me 
that Eric Rowan is an absolutely amazing professional wrestler. I mean, he was trained by Eddie Sharkey, ladies and gentlemen. And do I need to remind you that Eddie Sharkey is also the same is also the guy that trained Jesse the Body Ventura? So for Eric Rowan to be trained by the same guy that trained Jesse the Body Ventura, it's no damn surprise that Eric Rowan is one hell of a great wrestler. Wow. You know, also he also trained by the pro wrestling Noah Dojo. I mean, you know, he took took some training in Japan. Now that, ladies and gentlemen, is huge. So from the training that he has received, it's no wonder that Eric Rowan is one hell of a wrestler. Man. Man, oh man, oh man. So from everything from the Wyatt family, the Bludgeon Brothers, when he teamed up with Harper, you know, kind of a different gimmick, something different that we saw in the Wyatt family, and the whole thing with, with uh, Daniel Bryan, you know, he, he did win the tag team, he was a tag team champion with Daniel Bryan, so. But I think, you know, it was basically, specifically, since we're talking about Eric Rowan's pet spider, because I know I spent a little bit too much time, you know, I haven't gotten to it yet, but. The whole thing with Eric Rowan Spider, you know, the way the storyline started, I, I think the way it started and everything, it was definitely interesting right from the beginning. At least it was for me. So basically, I think you know he has that storyline, he has that alliance with Daniel Bryan, and then there was that storyline where Roman Reigns was being targeted for attacks by a, a mystery attacker. We've seen that a lot in professional wrestling. And then the attacker turned out to be Eric Rowan, and then Daniel Bryan, and, and then that alliance ends and whatever. But, you know, I think basically, as part of that rivalry, I'll never forget. So, Rowan had that match, that no disqualification match at Clash of the Champions. And Rowan won because, you know, when Luke Harper interfered in the match, made his return by interfering. And that basically, Rowan and Harper actually briefly teamed up again. But but then, uh, but that didn't last long because that was the 2019 WWE draft. And Rowan was actually drafted on drafted to Raw. So, because because Harper was was still uh, decide well, I guess they decided to keep Harper on SmackDown. So they do the. I don't remember exactly when the 2019 draft was. I believe again, again, I'm not I'm not entirely sure, but so the, there was the 20, 2019 uh, WWE draft. I hope I didn't even I hope I didn't accidentally accidentally say NFL draft, <laughs> but so. So in the draft, Roman goes to Raw, Harper stays on SmackDown, and I'll never forget in November when um, all of a sudden Rowan started coming out to the ring and he was carrying that mysterious cage and there was that cloth hiding under it. And during those weeks, you know, of course, I basically was wondering what was in it and I, and I basically said to myself, well, one way or the other, one day it's going to be revealed what's in that cage, but the, maybe the, right, right now, obviously the time is not right. Like, basically, a lot of wrestling fans would ask me, like, because I would tweet about it, and I, and I would explain to them, well, the first time we see the Mysterious Cage, I mean, is it really, when you think about it in, in a storyline perspective, especially in professional wrestling, is it really the best time to immediately reveal what's in the cage? I mean, if we wait, say, I would say maybe wait a minimum of two months. I mean, I'm, it seems like it's too long, but I would say minimum one month, one to two months minimum, because it ha the storyline has to be built. Like, it has to basically escalate to a situation. So, basically, when the time is right, you will feel it. So, basically, for it to be revealed immediately was just not a good idea. But we were all wondering what was in the cage. But for the next couple, for, the, for those weeks, basically, Rowan would basically pick up squash victories over a, over a couple of uh, 
local uh, wrestlers like he said uh, like that like he would basically win squash matches against jobbers and basically and, and as we know like Rowan was basically obviously very protective in what was in that cage like if somebody tried to look in the cage Rowan would be pissed off you know so it's a, it's a character we, we've all seen in movies or in TV shows or we read in books or whatnot like Rowan comes out with something that, you know, it's his privacy. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just, you know, if you try to look inside without his permission, you're basically kind of invading his privacy. So, <laughs> so it, it makes sense. But Rowan would get extremely angry if somebody tried to look in the cage without his permission. But, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll never forget those that one match. That one match where Rowan grabbed uh, his opponent and I think stuck his opponent's head like, Right by the cage, and whatever the cage like spat something red at that guy, which I thought that was mysterious. And there was that one time where Rowan actually opens the cage, puts his hand in it, and then appears to have been, that thing where he supposedly got bit by what was inside. <laughs> I thought that was actually pretty funny. I mean, pretty creative, but also it made perfect sense from the creative perspective and the storyline because, again. <laughs> that thing would bite out Rowan. It would it would supposedly spit some kind of red mist at whatever at Rowan's uh, enemy. So, <laughs> so I always thought that was actually pretty interesting. But, um, but it was actually not until March. It was actually March second. You know, in that backstage segment with No Way Jose, where where, where it was actually what, what the mysterious thing in the cage was. But, but I should mention that before that, there was that particular backstage segment with Rowan and Mojo Raleigh. You know, Mojo Raleigh's, you know, asking, you know, can I please take look, take one look at what's inside the cage? And then Rowan basically said, I, I, I've watched the video so many times. I know exactly what Rowan says. He said, you know what? Help yourself. But the funny part is, is he told Mojo, but don't tell anybody. But the way Rowan did it, I mean, that it was just so, it was fantastic. I mean, the way Ro- Rowan did it, it was like, oh, it's like a little bit of a warning, but just saying, but don't tell anybody. <coughs> excuse me <coughs> excuse me but like to make it perfectly he's like you know what help yourself but don't tell anyone <laughs> and he's really doing like the shush sign you know but <laughs> he's telling Mojo not to tell anyone so Mojo takes a look at it and then Mojo basically starts screaming and he's horrified he's like asking Rowan you know what the hell's wrong with you and, and Rowan just has that smile you know <laughs> a creepy smile on his face I mean based on because when when it was revealed what was inside, it, it makes sense that you know it, it scares people. But and Rowan kind of la- smiles. I mean, it makes perfect sense. But but in that segment with No Way Jose, you know they're basically you know No Way. He just asks Rowan, you know, can we please take a look? And then Rowan basically kind of says all of a sudden, you know, that he's been waiting for weeks for somebody to ask him very very nicely. So so, so since somebody asked him nicely, he was gonna show everybody and. Oh man! So he basically the way he just opens the cage and then just like carefully places his hand inside and then says and then pulls it out and reveals and scares everybody. Then it was finally revealed to be that that large spider. Oh, I mean, no way! Jose and his dancers all scream and run away. And then Rowan kind of says, "Don't you want to see my friend?" And then <laughs> and then does a creepy laugh and like looks at the spider. And then like and then cuddles it <laughs> and then just starts laughing. <laughs> like I am right now, and then like just literally carefully places the spider back into the cage, like 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 that. Like be, I think if I remember correctly, says you know, in you go, careful. 
I mean, like literally, like he's obviously treating the spider as it's its own personal pet, you know, like that, and it makes sense. I mean, so. But it, okay, we, we all know. I mean, when I saw, I mean, despite my arachnophobia, I'll be honest, I did not freak out when I saw that video because I do have again my arachnophobia is pretty huge, but because it was pretty clear that the spider was not real. I mean. It was, uh, it was definitely a mechanical spider, although when I've spoken about this storyline with others, I've said that it's obviously not something that you're going to buy at Party City. I mean, may okay, maybe you could buy at Party City. I mean, maybe one, one of them could, but the way the mechanical, it, it was definitely a mechanical spider. I mean, the way it was made, it was, it was definitely, I, I can't exactly say, but I would not be surprised if Vince McMahon had a connection that he had somebody build that mechanical spider, you know, personally for him. I mean, Vin, you know, Vince McMahon, had, you know, had those powerful connections, but but it was clear. We all knew from the beginning it was not a real spider because let's be honest, a real spider, you hold it in your hand like that, it's it's going to move quickly and it's it's very likely going to bite you. So, yeah. Anyway, so when we saw that the, the, the large spider was, you know, you know, this is basically, you know, and we all know what happened to the spider moving forward, but before we get to that part, you know, what Drew McIntyre did, you know, Eric Rowan said in an interview, he, I think he also said with, uh, in his interview with Chris Van Vliet, but he said that the, the original idea for what was inside the cage, the mystery creature, that the original idea was not, it was not going to be a spider. I think... If I remember correctly, I believe Rowan said that the original idea was supposed to be either a rat or a rodent, something like that. But what we know for sure is that Rowan revealed that the original plan was not supposed to be a spider. So basically, I, I think he, he said it in another interview with, uh, with, with Sports Kita Live, he basically said that um, all of a sudden yeah, they had the draft and he's on Raw. And then I think he basically says from this quote right here, I'm not going to say quote from quote, but he mentions those the draft. He goes to Raw. He had His first match on Raw was against Seth Rollins, and it was that false count anywhere match, and, and Rowan actually did look strong. So when I saw that match, I was like, well, Rowan looked good in this match. They made him look strong, so maybe, maybe, maybe WWE Creative Management is finally going to do something huge with Rowan because he deserves it. And then he says that you know he was told that he was going to start carrying a cage, and then he asks, uh, "Okay, well, what's going to be in it?" And then management tells him, "You'll find out soon." So, so basically, the, in his case, it had to be it had to be built for him. So, so now we come to the point in this story in this article that I'm reading that when he was asked what was, what was the original pitch to him was as a spider, he reveals that it wasn't. And it says that what it was it was supposed to be a rodent or a rat, and he mentions that. It was going to be killed by the babyface champion to show that... It, well, here's what I'm going to say, and I quote. No. Okay, so this is basically what it would ask if, if the original idea was a spider. So here's what Rowan said, and I quote. No, no. Originally, it was pitched that it would be a rodent or a rat, and it was going to be killed by the babyface champion to show that I had cared about something, and that babyface turned heel. So that didn't work. Well, okay. Then I asked them, what is it now? Then they just kept extending it, extending it, extending it, unquote. So, so I, that's, I find that pretty interesting. So now I can basically remind everybody that when Drew McIntyre you know, squaw, you know, squashed that cage with, with the steel steps, that was, actually, that was actually a week later. It was a week after he revealed the spider. So this was March 9th, 2020. I mean, literally right before the world went to shit with the whole COVID-19 pandemic. 
So it was on March 2nd when he revealed the mystery creature. A week later, Rowan has a match with Drew McIntyre. And then through the match, McIntyre took the steel steps and, and crushed the cage. And then basically, a few days later, and then that next month, April 15th, Rowan was released from the company along with numerous other superstars. And this was a result of the budget cuts because of the pandemic. So, so, so I basically think that, obviously... That kind of tells me something. So he mentions that the babyface would crush it, and that would turn that babyface heel. But if it was Drew McIntyre crushing it, now Drew McIntyre had recently turned into a face and had won the won the Royal Rumble and was going to headline WrestleMania, and we all know how that turned out. I mean, it was going to be beating you know for him to beat Brock Lesnar in Tampa in, in front of a whole in front of a major crowd would, would have been huge. But when, but you know, unfortunately, the pandemic took that away from McIntyre, and I still and I feel so bad for him, but. So I, I think that that basically I think they kind of made a change. So I don't know where to go moving forward. I mean, like, did they know that they were gonna have to release Rome because of the pandemic or whatever? But we don't know because we don't we don't know anything about a lot. I, 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 again, I, I don't know. But McIntyre crushing the cage and then then from that perspective, turning turning McIntyre heel probably definitely wasn't gonna work. But Eric Rowan did make did did mention so that didn't work. So. So maybe that was the idea at first. Uh, yeah. So basically, because he mentioned originally that that's the way it was pitched, that the babyface champion would just, would kill the creature and then turn heel. I guess that was the original idea, but I guess management decided, and eh, that's not gonna work. Either management decided it wasn't gonna work, or f quite frankly, Vince McMahon just did not like it. Either Vince McMahon felt it didn't, it wasn't gonna work, or Vince McMahon just flat out hated the idea. I mean, sometimes Vince McMahon will simply say, oh, that just doesn't work, or he'll just say, yeah, I don't like it. So this is basically from the from, from the pitching. So I, I guess basically they changed their mind when they just had the babyface destroy the cage, and that was it. But but that match with uh, Drew McIntyre, that turned out to be Rowan's actually last match on Raw. And then, he, again, he was released from the company, you know, in, in April because of, you know, again, the results of the pandemic, but... But I, honestly, I think like the the storyline did not end. I mean, it ended abruptly, but it did not, it did not have the right ending. But then, it, but again, they had to release Roan because of the because of budget cuts. So it's unfortunate that they had to end the story with with a creature being uh, killed, you know, like that, you know, being crushed with the being crushed with the steel steps. But but after that, like you know, if there was no pandemic, I I, I would have imagined that. Rowan and McIntyre would have had a rivalry because, you know, again, you know, as Rowan said, you know, as, as part of what was pitched to him that, you know, he had something that he had cared about. He had something that he had deeply cared about. I mean, we all know, like, like we had seen, Rowan was very, very overprotective and affectionate about what was in that cage. Like, again, if a wrestler took, like we all, in the story, when somebody tried to peek inside the cage without his permission, Rowan would lose his mind. So, so I would imagine that if the pandemic had not happened... There definitely would have been a storyline about with, with Rowan and McIntyre moving forward before McIntyre basically I w would switch his focus to Brock Lesnar. I mean, at least that's what I would believe. But who who knows how management would have done it? But, uh, but you know, seeing it like that, you know, and I find it interesting that Eric Rowan addre addressed uh, a possible return to WWE. So, and he mentions about you know going back to tell a story. So. Honestly, I, I would imagine that if Rowan were to come back to WWE, I would not be surprised if Rowan was immediately comes back, you know, well, here's the way I would do it. Okay, 
So he recently again he says that he's saying he's he'd be interested in telling his story. Now I did not know exactly what it meant at first, but when I read the whole thing, then it made sense. So as part of the thing, he basically says there's always opportunity in my story within wrestling, and that character of Eric Rowan or Eric Redbeard, it has so much left to tell. So that basically he believes he can still do a lot, which I don't doubt. But you know, he says that you know. When COVID happened and he, he and a lot of people were let go, he wasn't ready for his story to stop. So basically that whole story with, with, his, with his pet spider being killed by Drew McIntyre, I mean, obviously that that did not end, you know, in a proper way. But you know, I guess management somehow, I guess, had to improvise if they knew that the pandemic would cause problems like the way it did. But so if Roman basically said so, basically he would say like he mentions like the last time any the last time anybody saw me, I had a pet spider that died. So I'd like to talk about my years of recluse wandering the earth, finding reason and purpose for life without my precious spider, unquote. And he said that while laughing. So that, so basically the way I would do it is this. So if Rowan does return to WWE to finish this particular storyline, the way to do it is this. McIntyre's in a match. Rowan all of a sudden appears out of nowhere, attacks McIntyre badly, and then... And then we go from there, and then that next week, Rowan cuts a promo reminding everybody what that McIntyre, you know, he killed that he killed my pet spider. He took something from me that I can never get back. He took something from me that I dearly loved, you know. So Rowan will basically cut that heel emotional promo about what McIntyre did to him like three years prior. So basically, that would be the way to basically resume that story. That's the perfect way to do it. There's no other better way to do it, if you ask me. I mean, this is just my thought. This is just a theory. This is just my opinion. But if you think about it, there's really no better way to do it. And if you if you have a better way, then you know, I'm all ears. No no problem. But, but that's the way I would do it. McIntyre is attacked by Rowan all of a sudden. That next week, Rowan cuts the promo and reminds everybody what McIntyre did. And then and then, and then they go from there. So, so I think that even if Rowan were to come back on a short-term deal, I mean, I'm not sure if WWE really does short-term deals anymore. Like, if Rowan came back to WWE for like maybe... Four to six months, you know, has that, you know, and then has a, that feud with Mac with McIntyre. And if that goes well, then they keep him, and then they see if they what else they can do with him. But I would I would hope that they can do that if they do bring him back, that they have some plans for Rowan because I really want to see him, you know, because you know Rowan Rowan's a great wrestler, you know, like that. So I would hope that management would, would give us something to do with Rowan, which would be exciting. But but if Rowan were to come back, yeah, he has to he has to basically that storyline with Drew McIntyre from that Spider would basically be it. And, you know, and then we'd move forward. But, you know, as far as right now, this is all uh, this is all, all these possible theories. But, but as, as far as Rowan right now, I mean, this whole story about him coming back to WWE, I'm not sure when this story came out. It actually came out actually October, uh, uh, actually, you know, just just a few months ago you know, in October. So so this was recently. So this is, this is pretty interesting. So but, you know, since then, he has been he has competed on the independent scene. Um I'm not sure exactly. You know, lately, I, I know that he he has actually made a couple of appearances in, in AEW. I'll never forget December 26. You know when he appeared. You know this was following the death of uh, Brody Lee. So you know it, it only made sense for you know Rowan, Rowan. He appeared there as Eric Redbeard. He appeared on the Memorial Dynamite episode of the Brody Lee Celebration of Life. So. You know, well, it was actually December twenty sixth when when Brody Lee passed away. The show was actually four days later. You know, he came in. You know, he, he kind of aligned himself with a Dark Order, you know, like like that. So and then you know, like that. And I'll never forget. You know, he got emotional on television. He had, he had a sign that said, and I quote, 
goodbye for now, my brother. See you down the road, unquote. I mean, I'll be honest, I cried as well because I, I adored Brody Lee. You know, like that, you know, I always say it's a shame that we never got to see Brody Lee in WWE. But at the same time, I'm glad that that Jonathan Huber was able to protect his beloved Brody Lee character like that because what what scares me is that had Brody had Brody Lee been in WWE if that character had been in WWE what, what, what would have scared me was that WWE would take the character from him and trademark it which means he could not get it back the Brody Lee character belongs to jo Jonathan Huber it belongs to the Huber family so and I think you know I think shortly before his death I have I think that Huber actually filed a trademark on the Brody Lee name and character, so I'm not entirely sure where that goes from here. But at the same time, you know, I would say the re if that was the reason why he was never Brody Lee in WWE, just to just to make sure that he didn't lose the his his trademark, the his you know his beloved creation in a great character, then then so be it. But I mean, because the Brody the Brody Lee character is one of the greatest characters I've ever seen. But so there was that match. But then you know he did actually recently. Well, I would say too, a bit too recently, but back in March, Eric Redbeard, you know, Rowan or Redbeard, whatever you want to call him, you know, he actually did actually, he was actually on the AEW Rampage episode, was actually, he aligned himself with, with a death triangle, so, and basically, I, I think, you know, he worked, a, he worked a match, a trios match with the House of Black, with which was Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews, which was at the Revolution's buy-in uh, pre-show, but... You know, it, it was it was in a losing effort too. So he has been basically in AEW recently, back back in March. I mean, not too recently again, but you know, he worked that match with uh with the House of Black. You know, he and he teamed up with the Death Triangle, and he ended up getting pinned by Malachi Black. So, so it's good to see that you know Rowan is still wrestling. So I mean, I'm not sure what what else he's up to aside from wrestling. I mean, I'm sure he's still taking independent bookings. I'm sure, and you know, he's spending based on his social media. I, I've seen you know he's you know he's been spending uh he's been spending some time. With his with with his uh, wife and kids, so you know, so I'm I'm sure that you know Eric Rowan is enjoying life, and you know, and I'm sure, and I'm I'm sure that AEW is probably off. I mean, I don't know if they've offered him a full time deal or a part time deal. I mean, I I don't know, but you know, but you know, if he makes appearances every now and then, then that's great. I mean, there's no doubt the wrestling world is always excited to see Eric Rowan or Eric Redbeard. So, you know. You know, I, I always say, so I'll never forget when one of my friends said, when, he asked me, hey, Bear Man, wouldn't it have been awesome to see Brody Lee and Eric Redbeard team up in AEW? And I said, it would have been one of the biggest blessings AEW could have afforded the, the pro wrestling audience. Let me say that again. If we had seen Mr. Brody Lee team up with Eric Redbeard in All Elite Wrestling, to me, that would have been one of the biggest blessings that AEW could have ever afforded its audience as well as the whole entire world of professional wrestling as a whole. And I say that with conviction. <sighs> Rest in peace, Brody Lee. And as far as Eric Rowan goes, I've always you know, followed, followed you know, his tenure in WWE. You know, just, you know... Absolutely one hell of an athlete, one hell of a wrestler. And if Eric Rowan does come back to WWE, I'll certainly be excited for it. And that's all I've got to say about it. Ladies and gentlemen, Ringside Chaos is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank you very, very much for joining me today, and I will see you all next time.